0: Все дела дьявола – болезни, нищета, преждевременная смерть, демоническая зависимость, всевозможные страхи, депрессии, разрушение, косность, невежество – все это да отступит от шатров святого народа Твоего. И ныне встань, Господи, на место покоя Твоего Ты и ковчег, могущество Твоего –
1: Что благодарит Творца Он снял с меня... If you love me, please do
0: So, if you have your Bibles, please
2: open up with me a familiar place of Scripture that continues to contain the depths of the riches of the wisdom of God and His knowledge. Matthew 5 45 and 48. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for He makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Therefore, you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect.
0: The sermon that I would like to continue is called Called to Perfection,
3: and
2: relevant to fulfilling this required commandment, we stop to study the purpose of the righteousness of God in the heart of a man, specifically the goals that the righteousness of God abiding within our heart is called to pursue, and in part we've been studying the purpose of the righteousness of God within our heart, received by us in the two broken tablets of the covenant
3: and established
2: in the new tablets of the covenant, allowing God the ability to give us the promise to be heirs of peace, not by the law, but by the righteousness of faith, like he gave it to Abraham and his seed. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith, Romans 4:13.
0: We've noted that the covenant of peace, identified as the inheritance
2: of peace, is called to abide within the heart of a man and is evidence
3: of the fact that we are children of God.
2: Therefore, the inheritance of the peace present in the covenant of peace is actually the treasury of our hope in God, containing the complex of all of the promises of God, When accomplished, this is the goal of the given to us righteousness.
0: Therefore, it is righteousness by the means of the peace of God, containing the covenant of peace that can and is
2: called to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Because the kind of thoughts a person has, that's how he is. If your thoughts will be in Christ, then that is how you will be. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, Philippians 4,
0: 6-7. Speaking of the peace of God that surpasses our understanding is, even if a person wanted to identify... God with his mind or understand him, it would be useless because he is so mysterious, he is so exalted,
2: he's so great that a person is not able to comprehend with his mind a world that is far from God.
3: and he gives a peace that this
2: world does not understand. So to better learn and understand the purpose righteousness pursues, bringing about the inheritance of the peace of God and understanding the conditions outlining the way our righteousness needs to be garmented into peace to satisfy the requirement of being perfect. As our Heavenly Father is perfect, we have come to the necessity to look at four classical questions. What are the qualities of the peace of God in Scripture called to guard our hearts and minds in christ jesus what power does the peace of god have within the relationship of god and man man with other men
0: and with all the world what
2: conditions do we fulfill to be clothed into the peace of god called to guard our minds in god and by what signs are we able to determine examining ourselves that we are sons of peace as well as the sons of god
0: We note that if if a person has not died for his nation, for his
2: house, and for his corrupt desires, then his justification which he received in salvation by faith in Christ Jesus in the format of a guarantee will never convert into righteousness by which he would be able to receive and be clothed into the promise of the peace of God, so that he, in righteousness, would bear fruits of peace.
0: And furthermore, not dying for their nation,
2: their house, or their corrupt desires, the promise of peace will be taken from them, giving them the right to be called the sons of God.
0: Take heed and keep watch that no one take your crown. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Matthew 5:9
2: peacemakers are people that are clothed into the peace of God that are able to perform
3: specifically
2: God's peace according to the above read place of scripture the fruit of righteousness being the equivalent of the peace of God within our heart is evidence of the fact that we are sons of peace this serves as grounds for God so that he may lead us into the inheritance of his son so that we would share with him the fulfillment of all that is written about him in the laws, prophets and psalms
0: because the justification
2: that we received by right of our birth from the seed of the word of truth has converted into righteousness with which we became able to bear the fruits of peace within our relationship with God and with those all around us. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Hebrews
0: 12:14. We've noted that in this place of scripture
2: we are talking about a form of unique and supernatural peace that is able to function only within the boundaries of holiness, or be an expression and demonstration of holiness. These outlined and identified boundaries of holiness are the commandments of God. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Romans twelve eighteen
0: looking at this place of Scripture, we can conclude we
2: can't have peace with all men. Therefore, the peace that we demonstrate out of the boundaries of holiness and not not as an expression of holiness
0: is actually lawlessness for which we will be required to pay a price of eternal life. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupt good habits.
2: Because
0: people that the scripture
2: identifies evil company our communication with them will corrupt our good habits and will transform us into their wicked image
3: this is why apostle paul
2: writes do not be deceived evil company corrupts good habits awake to righteousness and do not sin for some do not have the knowledge of god i speak this to your shame first corinthians 15 34 Those people that continue to uh, be stubborn and communicate with people that are disqualified, they are, according to Scripture, they are sinning and don't know God. They think they know God. They say that they know God. If they knew him
0: and
2: his holiness, then they would not have called wickedness holiness and holiness wickedness. And so it's impossible and criminal to have peace with the unclean and the lawless, who support the unclean, that in their time accepted the truth, but afterwards left their church and turned away from the holy commands that were given to them. The very fact of the rebelliousness and resistance of the words from God's delegation that are placed over them testify of the loss of peace in their heart and member them to the category of the wicked.
0: But the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, says my God for the wicked, Isaiah fifty seven, twenty through
2: twenty-one.
0: And this is not the only place of Scripture.
2: In the previous services, we in a specific format, as much as the Lord has allowed in the measure of our faith, have already looked at the first three questions and stopped to study the fourth question.
0: Question four, by what
2: signs are we able to examine ourselves that we are sons of peace, as well as the sons of God, called to share with with Christ his inheritance that is contained in in the laws, Prophets, and Psalms. And as it is written, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Matthew 5,
0: 9.
2: We have noted that the limits or boundaries of holiness within which peacemakers, similar to their Heavenly Father, perform peace are the boundaries of the commandments of the Lord in the format of the elementary principles of Christ. God makes peace with man, the covenant of peace, only within his commandments, or within the boundaries of his commandments, if he goes out of them there is no peace, there you will be destroyed. God does not exist there. The tool by which the sons of peace perform peace within the boundaries of the commandments of the Lord is the righteousness of their faith. We've already looked at six signs by which we need to determine and examine ourselves as to whether we are sons of peace and have been studying the seventh sign. I shall remind us shortly of the first six, and we will continue on the seventh. The first sign by which we need to judge or determine that we belong to the Sons of Peace
3: is by the format of our justification
2: which we received, independent from the law,
0: freely by the grace of God,
3: and the redemption in Christ Jesus.
0: Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we
2: have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Romans
0: 5, 1, 2 Not many services today
3: or places have justification
2: almost everywhere people are attempting to fast, pray, evangelize, give something in order to be justified. They're trying to still, by the law, justify themselves. They can't freely just accept. The reason is because they don't have a person,
3: they don't accept the person that
2: God has placed over them that would be able to explain to them That by the heard word, not what you're reading, but by what you hear, that you are justified, and they need to receive that. Because reading, they do read that they're justified by faith, and that's why they have peace with God. But when it comes to do something, and when they're asked, are you righteous, are you holy, they say no. They say only prideful people can say such a thing, that they're righteous and holy. We're just trying to become so. We are people that are humble. That is
0: what one of the past Episcopal
2: said of one very large uh, congregation. And when one of the other brothers asked the question, brothers, are you holy? Are you righteous?
0: They were became almost uh, shocked that he asked uh, the question and looked at him as
2: if he wasn't normal.
0: And he said, of course, we're
2: not against this, but we can't say such a thing about ourselves.
3: You need to have such pride to say that you're holy.
2: We are only trying to be.
0: You don't need to just try
2: to be. To try to is meaning you need to do something. If you're doing something, then why did God give his son? God already did the work. Per, uh, receive it by freely by faith and begin to perform righteousness as being a holy person you pr- perform righteousness how do you perform righteousness when you are not righteous only the holy can be holy again you are holy and righteous by the fact of your birth from the word of truth from hearing the word of truth God can't bear a person that's unrighteous or unholy and so when we, when uh, people do not preach, do not uh, tell the people, into uh, tell the, tell the people that they are righteous and holy. They're trying to justify themselves with other things, either religious works of some kind or something else. We receive justification freely, freely by grace in the redemption in Christ Jesus, and then we are offered that this uh, justification converted into righteousness. The second sign by which we need to judge or determine that we belong to the sons of peace is by our, our ability to have peace within the boundaries of holiness and as a demonstration of holiness, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord, Hebrews 12, 14. I will remind us that holiness is the ability to differentiate and separate dead works from the works that are done by God, and the ability to differentiate and separate the form of life of the old man from the form of the life of the new man. Because holiness separates, separates the light from the darkness, blessing from curse, uh, life and death, it separates the two. The third sign by which we need to judge or determine that we belong to the sons of peace is by our membership to the congregation of Israel. The word Israel means warrior, warrior in prayer. We're not talking about Israel in the flesh. We're talking about the Israel that is in the spirit. We're talking about the congregation of Israel, those children who are warriors in prayer.
0: Ephesians 2,
2: 11 through 16. Therefore remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. And so God can create peace so that it reigns Upon the condition that it's in one body, in Christ, the nation of Israel and the Gentile nation need to uh, unite in Christ Jesus. If they don't accept one the other, they in this way place themselves out of Jesus. If they have something negative when it comes to the nation of Israel, you are out of Christ. Remember that Christ by flesh was a Jew. And if you have something against Jews, you have something against Christ
0: you have something against
2: abraham isaac and jacob you don't receive them and we know such people who were amongst us who then later began to speak against abraham and saying who is this why are we always talking about abraham who are these jews that we're always talking about that's a terrible thing to say and dangerous and unfortunate the fourth sign by which we need to judge or determine that we belong to the sons of peace is the pour of the Holy Spirit upon the wilderness of our heart, which will become a fruitful field that will be counted as a forest. This is a promise of the door of hope. Until the Spirit is poured upon us from on high and the wilderness becomes the fruitful field and the, un- and the fruitful field is counted as a forest, then justice will dwell in the wilderness. Our wilderness is in only one aspect of ourselves and this is our body. The dry wilderness. And righteousness remain in the fruitful field. The work of righteousness will be peace, and the effect of righteousness quietness and assurance forever. My people will dwell in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings, and in a quiet resting place. Isaiah thirty two fifteen through eighteen. Here it's talking about our body that where the law of the Spirit Uh, the law of sin and death will be eliminated by the law of the spirit of life, and this will be then, for us, our body will be a peaceful habitation, secure dwelling and quiet resting place. The fifth sign by which we need to determine that we are part of the sons of peace is demonstrating zeal for God where we prevented the sons of Israel from being destroyed.
3: Zeal for God, zeal for God, for your body, too. Uh, make atonement for your body before God.
2: Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying Phinehas the son of Eleazar the son of Aaron the priest has turned back my wrath from the children of Israel because he was zealous with my zeal among them so that I did not consume the children of Israel in my zeal therefore say behold I give to him my covenant of peace and it shall be to him and his descendants after him a covenant of an everlasting priesthood because he was zealous for his God and made atonement for the children of Israel Numbers 25, uh, 10 through 13. We make atonement for our body and destroy the old man with his deeds, crucifying him by the cross of the Lord Jesus. The sixth sign by which we need to determine that we are part of the sons of peace is by having the kingdom of heaven inside of ourselves, not just.
0: to rule, but have the kingdom that this uh, kingdom uh, reigns or does does some
2: kind of work. There's work done in the kingdom, and this all needs to happen inside of ourselves. Romans 14, 17 through 18. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. And now the seventh sign by which we need to determine that we are part of the sons of peace is by the ability of clothing your essence into the holy and selective love of God. But above all these things, Colossians 3, 14, 15, which is uh, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. I remember when in the army one of the officers asked the question when I said that God is love, a holy love. He said, So what do Christians consider to be love? And I said, Love is the bond of perfection. This phrase uh, struck him. He said, can you repeat that again? I said, bond of perfection. And he said, repeat it again. He says, I've never heard this before. This is a correct definition because they write in all these um, romances what love love is. But he said he, he was fascinated by this phrase. He liked it. And he followed me and kept repeating it. He wrote it down for himself. I said, find the Bible and you'll find it there. By itself, the selective love of God is an uncomprehendable to our mind goodness of God or the virtue that belongs to God. Since the selective love of God, which is the goodness of God, we discover the concealed good, great, eternal, and uncomprehendable to our mind goals of God called to build a unique and peaceful relationship between God and his children. Ecclesiastes 3:11 and 14 He has made everything beautiful in its time also he put also put eternity in their hearts except that no one can find out the work that God does from the beginning to end I know that whatever God does it shall be forever nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it God does it that men should fear before him
0: Apostle Paul, defining the selective love of
2: God which surpasses knowledge and is demonstrated in Christ Jesus, said that comprehending the love of God is called to fill us with all of the fullness of the peace of God that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, Ephesians 3, 16 through 19, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of God which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all of the fullness of God. The phrase that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend, Comprehend with all of the saints is the condition for clothing or for comprehending the selective love of God that's the narrow gate
3: this is presented in
2: the form of a good wife who symbolically is the bride of the Lamb those that are the saints included in God's chosen flock he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord Proverbs eighteen twenty-two. and as I've said before When this place is, uh, when people uh, consider that this
0: is, uh, that this is supposed
2: to be uh, understood in a literal sense, that you find a wife, you find a good thing. No, you find a good thing in the body of Christ. You can't find this favor in uh, a wife or favor in a husband. Uh, This favor is obtained in the body of Christ, in the church. Christ is in the body, and that's where his favor is. To find a good thing and to obtain favor from the Lord is to discover the treasure of the kingdom of heaven upon your field. The symbol of this field is our body that is under the control of law of sin and death. The symbol of the treasure that is hidden in the field is the promise concerning the door of our hope, allowing the resurrection of Christ to reign or be enthroned in our body upon the condition that we sell all that we have for this field in the form of our earthly body. Therefore, finding a good wife is making a matrimonial contract or a marital union with a specific church of saints who satisfy the requirements of God's chosen flock or God's remnant. Therefore, the definition of a good wife means a virtuous wife. Good in Scripture are only those acts that a person does while fulfilling his calling according to the revelations of the will of God written in Scripture.
0: Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Proverbs 31, 29.
2: According to this proverb we see that a virtuous wife is a church where their teaching in their teaching about grace they also preach about how the saints can have a peaceful, great, appealing, unlaborous, and exalted relationship with God and with each other by the means of obtaining virtue that consists in the selective love of
0: God. In this kind of relationship with God and with each other, that is the foundation and definition of true
2: virtue that consists in the selective love of God. According to to Scripture, the selective love of God as true virtue that a virtuous wife possesses
3: is kindness or goodness that
2: is grown from knowing God. And such a virtue grown by God within the heart of a man from the seed of the preached word of God about the kingdom of heaven is defined in Scripture as wisdom that comes from above, moral perfection, the bond of perfection, splendor, greatness, beauty, magnificence, and glory. However, to have more practical specification when it comes to the selective love of God, we will more deeply and widely look at the character and quality contained in the selective love of God as the true virtue presented by the Holy Spirit in Scripture in the spoken word of the apostles and prophets. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Jesus Christ, as His divine power has given to us all these things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these, pretty much pay everything you have, and you can, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. In virtue we find knowledge. To knowledge self-control so everything all of these things are coming from virtue virtue knowledge knowledge self-control self-control uh, perseverance perseverance godliness and godliness brotherly kindness and brotherly kindness love for these things are yours and abound you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our lord jesus christ only knowing jesus christ he can reign then with his resurrection in our body And so virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love are
0: not different fruits. This is one fruit.
2: Looking at these seven qualities of virtue, we conclude that they exist in each other, flow one from the other, depend one from the other, complete one the other, strengthen one the other, and confirm the truthful nature of one the other. If these qualities are called to serve as evidence of our membership to the essence of God, they are presented in the latter effect downward from virtue or starting with virtue going downward. And in result then we see that true virtue demonstrates itself in love. If these qualities are looked at going upward, then we we start with love. Then, in result, the selective love of God demonstrates itself in true virtue, identifying the will of God. In essence, true virtue demonstrated in the qualities and characteristics of the selective love of God is the royal crown of the righteousness of God. Therefore, virtue that we are to show in our faith in the selective love of God is the love of God that comes from goodness from the goodness of God. The quality and mystery of the goodness
0: of God is the virtue of God. Furthermore, the selective love of God in the given context is the absolute goodness of God given
2: the qualities of virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, and brotherly kindness. Because of this, it is necessary to study the selective love of God in the context or format of these seven qualities. And for this purpose, we will first need to differentiate the uh, selective love of God from the tolerant love of man as the virtue of the selective love of God are eternally existing characteristics of God himself as well as all that comes from God because God is love and such a love coming from a similar goodness of God is defined in scripture as the bond of perfection
3: But but
2: above all these things put on love which is the bond of perfection. Colossians
0: 3.14
2: The bond of perfection of the selective love of God is unconditional, and unlike the tolerant love of man, the unconditionality of the selective love of God is unable to be used for greedy and egotistical purposes. At the same time, the tolerant love of man toward other men is very conveniently used for greedy and egotistical purposes. We need to keep in mind that unconditional state of the selective love of God is only working or functioning when man admits his sins and repents in his sins. The nature of human love is named in different ways. We talked about this before. In ancient languages, it's named differently as these names identify a person's relationship
0: with those like
2: him and the world that surrounds him.
0: <laughs> and so the the ancient languages have up to eight different
2: words for uh, different words for the word love as you can say "I love God, I love my wife and I love my friend but in uh, these ancient languages, each word each depending on what you mean will have a different word they use a different word to describe it
0: in the Greek language, the word for deep friendship is philia. This type of love does not possess holiness, that is in the selective love of God toward those who love him,
2: because it obligates a person and places specific requirements before him, demands such as you are required or have to be or have to because you are my friend, and if you don't do this for me, then what kind of friend are you? Such behavior is contrary to the holy or selective love of God, as the selective love of God is a flaming holiness and a fierce jealousy, which is called to abide within our heart as a seal of God, in the form of a royal seal on our hand. At its initial point, in its foundation, human love has the ability to speculate and use the love of friendship-philia in personal, egotistical, and greedy purposes and goals. Selective love cannot be used. Set me as a seal upon your heart. The selective holy love of God. Set me a seal upon your heart. As a seal upon your arm. For love is as strong as death. Jealousy as cruel as the grave. Its flames are flames of fire. A most vehement flame. Many waters cannot quench love. Nor can the floods drown it. If a man would give for love all the wealth of his house. It would be utterly despised. Songs of Solomon 8, 6, 7. The next word for love in the ancient Greek language is the word storge. This word identifies a love by blood or familial bonds. This type of love,
0: you could say, I love my
2: brother. You have to use this word, in the, that is storge, you have to use this word. But if you say,
0: if you're talking
2: about a friend, then you use the word philia. This type of love also, as the previous, has within its basis the ability to speculate and that egoism, as does philia. But here it relates to relative bonds. You are required because you are my relative. You are my relative. You have to do this and so when you receive something from your relative a person is not even thankful why? because he considers he's supposed to be required he's my family and a person's upset when he's not receiving something that he thinks they should
0: give
2: the next form of the word for love is the word eros this word in the Greek language means an erotic or sexual relationship between a man and a woman It is here, unlike in any other form of human love, we see greed and egoism that move man to find the goodwill of their partner,
0: but for the sole purpose of satisfying their sexual appetite. And finally,
2: contrary to all of the other forms of human love, identifying the essence and atmosphere of its earthly genesis, we see the magnificent and unearthly form of love, of, of the love of God, that in the Greek language is agape, which is poured out into the hearts of the children of God in the form of the Holy Spirit.
0: This word, is
2: only used when it's regarding God. You can't apply it towards animals or others. Such unconditionality of the selective love of God can be received and passed on in no other way but upon the basis of absolute and reasonable willingness. God loves a cheerful giver, 2 Corinthians 9, 7. And only then, when in men's relationships, the magnificent love of God, agape, is placed priority all over over all forms of other human love then such acts of greediness self-interest egoism are disciplined by her holy and royal power and to better understand the way we are called to demonstrate the work of virtue in our faith which is in the love of god we will need to remember first the genesis
0: and virtue of the selective
2: love of god second the purpose of unearthly love within our within our faith Third, the price of obtaining the unearthly love of God Agape. And fourth, the signs as evidence of the selective love of God in your faith. Answering the first question, what virtues do the scriptures present concerning the spring from which the selective love of God flows in the atmosphere of which the peace of God can reign, we came to the conclusion that first, the unconditional nature of the selective love of God in the atmosphere in which the peace of God reigns is poured out from the virtue of the Heavenly Father, demonstrated in his goodness, and is our hope which which will never shame us. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our heart by the Holy Spirit who was given to us, Romans 5.5. 5. Second, the unconditional nature of the selective love of God in the atmosphere in which the peace of God reigns is poured out from the sub- substituting sacrifice of Christ for his church. Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her from the washing of water by the word. He, again, sanctified and cleansed her, and not the whole world, but just his own, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and without blemish. Ephesians 5,
0: 25-27. The famous phrase that have made
2: tolerant that god loves everyone because god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that anyone who believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life they don't even think about the fullness of the phrase for god so loved the world that he gave him his only begotten son but further they don't look that anyone who believes in him would not perish only the one that believes in him would not perish, the rest will perish, which means this phrase was interpreted incorrectly. We read the tra- uh, translation, even from the Hebrew Greek, uh, it was more, it needed to be more correctly uh, translated that God, so people not think that God is tolerant, that he loves everyone without exception.
0: For God so loved the, in the world,
2: he, the people that will come to him in the world, he gave himself his only begotten son for them, for those who will come to him. The one that will come to me, I will not turn away. But the ones that don't come to him, love has... has uh, is not it's not regarding them or does not refer to them. The third, the c- unconditional nature of the selective love of God in the atmosphere in which the peace of God reigns is poured out into our hearts, not in the form of a drunk atmosphere of the feelings, but an anointing power of the Holy Spirit that promotes the atmosphere of the selective love of God and the sensing of this love. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7, God's love, it's demonstrated in act, actions and, and leads the feelings and not feelings that then will promote some kind of actions, because our feelings are, uh, are sinful, and you're not able to rely upon them. Today they love, tomorrow they don't. The rain came and the mood has changed our feelings are our is our mood and we are so uh we are so connected to our feelings that we determine our relationship with God and doing it in 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 this way
3: God will not
0: have, have
2: anything to do with people that just stray away from him far because they feel like it then they come back again
0: this person is not uh,
3: constant and not uh, faithful
0: all places of scripture talk about this and there's either poems even written about
2: pe- uh, going away from the Lord uh, for a while they coming back again
0: these do not fit, these are not fitting for a person of God
2: and I don't want to sing these kinds of songs uh, or, or these kinds of poems. I follow God and lead my feelings. God sh- uh, sees your love within action and not emotions when we lead our emotions and not f- run after them. Fourth, the unconditional nature of the selective love of God in the atmosphere in which the peace of God reigns is poured out into our hearts by hearing the preached word that God has sent by his delegated persons. By hearing the word, again, 2 Corinthians one twenty. for all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Apostle Paul writes, all of the promises you can accomplish uh, through us, the word that we will be preaching to you. 2 Corinthians one fifth, the unconditional nature of the selective love of God in the atmosphere in which the peace of God reigns is poured out into our hearts, by the church, or more accurately, by communication with the saints that satisfy the requirements of God's virtue. Proverbs 18.23, the poor man,
0: and so who finds a good wife, has found favor in God's sight. And
2: so many people today
0: do not satisfy this uh, virtuous wife. Uh,
3: They
2: maybe satisfy a a not very bad club, as it were, an interesting club, where they teach you how to heal, evangelize, and they teach all these things.
0: Or a a mausoleum where you can
2: go and watch how Jesus uh, lays. And once a year, pull him out of there and say, the Lord has resurrected, and then uh, put him uh, right back to that very mausoleum.
3: Uh, And me, being even a
2: young man, I tried to uh, check our, our, our brothers and sisters, just, I would say, come up to our brother and say, Jesus resurrected, and he uh, looked at me in a very weird way and another one uh, the lord has re- uh, has risen and he'll say well it's not easter yet i was uh, i was working as a photographer and a woman approached me a familiar woman
0: uh, to me and i say jesus has risen and he she said he truly has risen and then
2: i she asked why are you congratulating me in this way and i said you know in my church I congratulated a few people this way, and they uh, became very confused and said that
3: everything is fine, uh, but you, as if far from God, you uh, responded in the correct way.
0: I would like you to
2: know the Lord more closely. I told her,
0: and I said, "Why once a year do you celebrate the Pass the Passover, Easter?" Of course, we
2: celebrate it, but not as you do. Why are you celebrating only once a year?
0: The disciples absolutely
3: saw this
2: in a very different way and celebrated it in a different way. Sixth, the unconditional nature of the selective love of God in the atmosphere in which the peace of God reigns is poured out into our heart by the good soil of our heart. If our soil is not good, then the love of God cannot be poured out. It only gets poured out, again, into this good soil, but, we, but he who received the seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and, and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty, Matthew thirteen twenty-three. And seventh, the unconditional nature of the selective love of God in the atmosphere in which the peace of God reigns is poured out into our heart by observing the created by God world. When we look at everything he created, if we have the correct relationship with God, we will be fascinated with what God made and will see the love of God in these things. For since the creation of this world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse.
0: Romans 1.20 And so people... don't have justification why they didn't receive the love of God and stopped
2: and why they didn't start uh, worshiping the Lord. In scripture, the goodness of God, which comes from the selective love of God, is contrary to evil that comes from the hatred of the fallen angels and men who are within the power of these fallen spirits. Considering this fact, the very mystery of the Holy Scriptures is a demonstration of the goodness and love of God as the Gospel of Christ is the kingdom of good news contained in the shadows and symbols of the Old Testament.
0: Therefore, as in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament,
2: the level of power of the selective love of God is determined and is known by the level of power of the hatred of God toward evil and evil doers. In other words, to understand the essence of the selective love of God in the goodness of God, it was necessary to look at what or who God loves and also what or who does God or what or who God hates. Because only loving what God loves and hating what God hates, we can be filled with all of the fullness of God and demonstrate God's rea- reaction in our faith when it concerns things that are good and evil. Answering the first question, what does God love and who does God love? We came to the conclusion that first the selective love of God flowing from the virtue of God in the atmosphere in which the peace of God reigns, in its nature loves to pardon or be merciful to the repenting sinner. Mercy is for the sinner. Micah 7:18. who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgressions of the remnant of his heritage. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. It's talking here about his chosen nation. Second, the selective love of God flowing from the virtue of God in the atmosphere in which the peace of God reigns, in its nature loves the fatherless, the widow, and the stranger. Deuteronomy 10.18, he administers justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the stranger, giving him food and clothing. Third, the selective love of God flowing from the virtue of God in the atmosphere in which the peace of God reigns, in nature loves righteousness and justice
0: psalm
2: 33 5 he loves righteousness and justice the earth is full of the goodness of the lord according to this place of scripture the initial purpose of righteousness and justice is called to establish the mercy of god in order to protect the vessels of mercy which are the family of god as well as the territory of the kingdom of god
0: here it's linked
2: God loves righteousness and justice, His mercy, the earth is filled with His mercy. To love God's righteousness and justice is a reasonable and conscious act that leads our emotions in the direction of fulfilling the commandments of God identified as the given law of God. And to examine yourself as to whether the peace of God reigns within your heart, it is necessary to examine yourself on the element of love for the for righteousness of God and His justice. Do we truly love the righteousness of God and the justice of God as God loves them? relevant to this subject, a question will arise, what criteria or by what criteria is the righteousness and justice of God identified in scripture? Because to love the righteousness and justice of God, it is necessary not to just know the written letter of righteousness and justice, but also the spirit of righteousness and justice. And more than that, organically unite with the righteousness and justice of God in order to become a programmable system of righteousness and justice, which will allow us not to just carry, but be demonstrators of this righteousness and justice presented in scripture otherwise how will we be able to love the righteousness and justice of god that we are familiar with only in the format of slogans or in the format of defining Uh, definitions and qualities of the human mind. Practically, the program of righteousness and justice of God is presented in Scripture as the righteous righteous judgments of God that come to pass following the uh, blueprint of the given law of God and within the boundaries of this given law which is a revelation to us about who God is for us in Christ Jesus, what God has done for us in Christ Jesus, how God looks at us in Christ Jesus, and what we need to do to inherit all that God has done for us in Christ Jesus. In Hebrew, righteousness is holiness, the law, covenant, justification, justice, lawfulness, fairness. It's the commandment, statute, order, this is judgment, just judgment, and justice, directness, faithfulness, truthfulness, constance, continuation, diligence,
0: truthful, and truth, wisdom, the light of life, honesty, sincerity, purity, the
2: resurrection of life, and the liberty of Christ. These are the definitions of Scripture of what righteousness is i will remind us that if in the service of condemnation the format of the law of moses written by god upon the tablets of stone was given to the sinful and lawless man and in this way gave power to sin and condemned this man to death after the breaking of these tablets, a person received justification in the new tablets of the covenant, carved this time not by God, but by man, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life, 2 Corinthians three six. Therefore, the righteousness of God reflected within the boundaries of grace erected from the broken tablets of the covenant began to demonstrate the law of the Spirit of life and then law of, of the liberty of Christ, Jesus in the new tablets of the covenant, which are the new heart which is also uh, the new heart of a person. Considering, therefore, that righteousness identifies and finds itself in holy truth, according to the words of Scripture, we've come to the conclusion that righteousness comes from the root of holy truth. At the same time, holy truth generates itself in righteousness, just as a father generates himself in his son, or the seed brings forth its fruit. Therefore, holy truth is the condition of the human heart. At the same time, holy righteousness is a demonstration of his holiness contained in holy truth therefore the credibility of righteousness is always supposed to be confirmed and checked by the wellspring that it comes from That is, the root of holy truth, identified as the principles of Christ in the rank and virtue of the law of God. So we can see first that the righteousness of God, identifying the law of God in the principles of Christ, is a unique program of God in which God concealed and keeps the inherent to him qualities and virtues. Second, the righteousness of God, identifying the law of God in the principles of Christ, is the order of God's theocracy, identifying the atmosphere of the boundaries of the kingdom of heaven.
0: Third, the righteousness of God identifying the law of God and the principles of Christ is a guard of God
2: keeping watch to defend the holiness of God the boundaries of which is the format of the commandments of the Lord Fourth, The righteousness of God, identifying the law of God in the principles of Christ, are the goals of God, containing the good and great destinies prepared by God for those who love Him, as well as the vengeance of God for those who hate His law. Fifth, the righteousness of God, identifying the law of God in the principles of Christ, are the judgments of God demonstrated in His justice, that are called to bring about the redemption of God in His people according to the revelations of scripture to love the justice of God is to not depart from the judgments of God and in in order not to depart from the judgments of God it is necessary to learn these judgments I have not departed from your judgments for you yourself have taught me Psalm 119 102 the meaning of what we just uh, just read is I do not depart from your judgments because my heart is prepared so that you by the revelations of the Holy Spirit, would continually teach me the judgments of your law which abide within my heart. In this phrase there are three key words that I will present them in the format of three short phrases. These are the judgments of the law, the ability to not depart from the judgments of the law, and the ability to allow God to teach us the judgments of the law with our ability to not depart from them, from these very judgments. Without an understanding of these three key phrases the verse I have not departed from your judgments for you yourself have taught me will simply remain an abundantly promised but not yielding any result, slogan, or a not understood formulation that will be impossible and criminal to apply in prayer, since it, it will be incriminated to us as idle words that are not supported by anything except emptiness. When a person takes a promise and begins to confess it, not understanding the essence of that uh, promise, he's speaking idle words. You need to understand the essence of any revelation, then it becomes the faith of our heart and is sealed within our heart.
3: Slogans are not sealed
2: within our heart, slogans are not the faith of our heart, only the comprehended truth, comprehended promise, when we get to know it,
3: then it becomes
2: sealed and becomes a part of us. When we confess it as the faith of our heart, then these are no longer idle words, these are words that in their power are are equal to the power of the words that come out of the mouth of God. To not depart from the judgments of the law and therefore demonstrate love for the judgments of the law, it is necessary even just in short to identify and determine the purpose of the judgments of the law that we are not to depart from. Otherwise, we will begin to depart from these judgments, believing that we love the the judgments of the law and are actually departing from evil.
0: Again, if we don't know
2: the essence of the law. In Hebrew, the word judgment, identifying the main virtue and purpose of the law of righteousness, is firstly the great and glorious word of redemption, where the judgments of the law of righteousness was called, to, called by God to become a refuge for men who were able to inherit salvation. Talking about the judgments of God and the symbol of this refuge from the wrath of God, as well as slander of the unclean and lawless men who are supported by organized powers of darkness condemning, condemned by the judgment of god's righteousness the symbol of this refuge is the son of god and the status of the son of man therefore the redemption of christ jesus demonstrated in the judgment of god contained in the law of righteousness was called to become for these those who are able to inherit salvation a refuge their protection and their justification before god he needed to become for us again a protection a refuge and justification and not condemn us to death We know that there's a judge that judges, he doesn't condemn, but he judges and rewards you in that judgment. Judgments in scripture is judgment.
3: Judgments are a judgment, a justice, a work of justice, fairness, righteousness, the law,
2: statute, order as it refers to judgment, condemnation, commandment,
3: regulation.
2: An announced verdict, term, definition, carrying out a verdict, a righteous work, a just act, justification, righteousness, truth, amen, faith, faithfulness, trust, conviction, confirmation, hope, trust, and yearning, a lot, a limit, a parcel, a share, obligation, and debt. The meaning, the purpose of the right, uh, judgments of the law of righteousness. Why this judgment is given? The purpose of this of the judgments to cover from the wrath of God in these judgments. To seek a refuge in the judgments of the law, not seek
0: uh, to be blamed or to be
2: uh, accused.
0: Uh, I always feel uh,
2: people come come to me and say, I feel. Uh, like I'm I'm always being condemned inside or the feeling of condemnation inside of myself or accusation. Uh, In the judgments of God, in the law of righteousness, it justifies you. And so this judgment justifies you. What does he do? God covers you from his wrath with his judgments. He covers us because his judgment is the work of redemption. In this case, To seek a refuge in the judgments of of the law of righteousness. This is the purpose again of the judgments of God is to seek a refuge, be confident in the judgments, rely and trust upon the judgments of the law of righteousness, obtain hope in the judgments of the law of righteousness, reinstate lost rights in the judgments of the law.
0: Lift up the fallen from weakness
2: by the power of the
0: judgments.
2: Give confidence in the judgments of the law of righteousness and with confidence submit yourself to the full use of the judgments of the law. Rise above evil by the power
0: of the judgments
2: of the law of righteousness and boast about the judgments of the law of righteousness. And now that we, and now that we, in somewhat familiar, are have become somewhat familiar with the consistency of the virtue of the judgments of the law of righteousness and goals God pursues with these law, with this law of righteousness, we need to clarify the conditions we need to fulfill to allow the Holy Spirit, by the preached words spoken by God's delegated persons, to teach us the judgments of the law of righteousness in order to not depart from them.
0: (laughs) Because sooner or later, they will still catch up to us. Uh, If we don't fulfill these
2: commandments, we will be then seeking ways to not have to fulfill these commandments because it goes against what we really want Uh, And it goes against our connection to the world, our nation, our relatives. The commandment uh, interferes with that, and we don't want to break those connections. So we find uh, ways to justify ourselves as to why we don't need to uh, fulfill it, this commandment. This is what it means to depart from. It's important for us to clarify the conditions we need to fulfill to allow the Holy Spirit to not depart, to, to help us not depart from, because sooner or later they will still catch up to us and come upon us, but not in the form of redemption, redeeming us from the law of sin and death, but in the form of just vengeance and a harvest that is not possible to escape. With this, we need to pay attention to the order of the studied by us phrase and the form of the verb that is built into this phrase I have not departed from your judgment. for for you yourself have taught me. Looking at the order, we see a unique form of learning where the Holy Spirit will teach us upon a specific place and upon one condition if we will thirst for this teaching. Studying this place of scripture, we will prepare our heart for that nature of listening where we would be able to understand and accept the teaching and immediately fulfill that word that we are taught
0: to teach
2: in hebrew to teach means for you uh, have taught me
0: is to learn in the house of your mother
2: the house of your mother is that church
0: where you were born where you heard the truth the truth had born you that does it, th- this is not just where we, you heard the word of truth, where you heard the teaching the, the and have received
2: knowledge of the truth. Know the voice of your instructor to teach, to gather up a heap of stones as a memorial. This will be a memorial uh, James, uh, Jacob had uh, built. If you remember, he had built up that heap of stones and before God
0: had made a covenant with God uh, by doing this, by by, uh, gathering up this heap. This covenant was that the spirit will no longer pursue the soul and the soul, the spirit. It was very interesting. They had built up this heap of stones and made the Lord uh, be a witness against, against us if we
2: are to violate uh, one of the other's rights. To break a charging military rank, we're talking about to teach, to join the order of battle or combat, to shoot, to release an arrow, to hit the bullseye pointed out by the judgment of the law of righteousness.
0: And so with your word, confess, your words are arrows. And if we direct them correctly uh, to the correct goals,
2: then it will fall and it will end up there. Legalize, establish with the law of righteousness, present or present. and establish the law of righteousness itself, enact legislation, establish order, to provide knowledge, persuade, convince, instruct, to water, give drink to, being provided drink, learn to know the truth of the judgments of the law of righteousness, which means
0: from your judgments I do not depart because
2: you teach me. After the heart is prepared with prayer to listen to the word of God, upon the place that God has appointed to receive its revelations, it is necessary to fulfill this revelation, and that is when, in accordance to the implemented implemented by God's order, the time comes to present your body a living sacrifice wholly acceptable to God for our good service where a person begins to ask, seek, and knock to receive knowledge and assistance of how to fulfill the given word that he heard. I am going to be praying your prayer and I ask you to deeply believe that God loves you that he holds you in his hands he will not forget a single word he's promised to you he will fulfill and keep this in your heart firmly and however much you may fall he he can raise you up again and again stand upon the justification that you received freely Come and He will restore you again. Close your eyes. This is your secret room. Lift your hands to God, a sign that you're ready to receive from God what He wants to give you. Pray together with me, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come to you with my plea, with my disappointment, with wound in my heart, with my shame, with my fear. I ask you, forgive me wash me cleanse me heal my wounds cover my shame protect me justify me save me I open up my heart enter in and be a king and master of my life and right now before heaven and hell I want to proclaim that in accordance to your words I am washed I am cleansed, I am healed, I am restored, I am justified, and I am saved. Amen? Amen. Your sins are forgiven and your trespasses in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you. May he look upon you with his great face and show you mercy and give you peace. May thousands and ten thousands attempt to come near you, but they won't touch you. May these blessings be upon you and upon your children and be fulfilled upon you. And the nation shall say, Amen.